0: Welcome to Motherhood Unstressed, a podcast for anyone who wants to let go of stress and anxiety, take their power back, and learn how to create a truly beautiful life. Each week, I'm speaking with amazing individuals who are experts in the field of entrepreneurship, fitness, nutrition, motherhood, sex, and so much more. I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. I'm a mom, a blogger, and a certified health coach. I'm obsessed with personal growth and change, and I've helped women all around the world regain alignment with what they truly value in life and remove the blocks preventing them from living their life to the fullest. If you're ready to stop living a half-life and move fully into your power, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, I know how much is after your attention day in and day out. I know we've all got a lot coming at us. Um, And the fact that you're here, the fact that you're making the time to listen to this during your workout or during your commute, you know, that passive multitasking that I love to talk about um, means the world to me. It really does. And so I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, And if you hear something that you think a friend might benefit from, share it with them. You know, that's the whole point of the show is to help you create a better life for yourself and and giving you key strategies to do that. So pass it along, you know, send it to your friends so that we can get the message out. You know, we do have the power to create beautiful lives for ourselves, whatever that means to you, because it's so bio-individual. But I want to get into our guest for today. She is amazing. She's a certified financial planner. Her name is Hilary Hendershot. She's also the host of The Profit Boss Radio, which is how I found her. I was on a run and I'm always searching for new podcasts while I'm working out. And I hit on hers and I I was so impressed. You know, I I had to have her on the show and I thought we were just gonna talk about money and finances, and oddly enough, it turned into meaning and purpose and happiness and what is the meaning of life? Why are we here? So, we do cover some great technical things regarding money and investing, but I think you'll find as we get more into the conversation um, that it's more than that. You know, why do we want to safeguard our financial futures? It's not for that bag, it's not for that car. Sure, that's nice, that's lovely, but the point is that, you know, we have the time and the opportunity and the resources to spend time with our loved ones. So, without further ado, Um, here is my conversation with Hillary. I hope you love it. I hope you get a ton out of it. And I hope you have a great day. This episode is sponsored by Organifi. Organifi offers completely non-GMO organic superfood blends that makes incorporating really good nutrition into your diet insanely easy. You literally do not have an excuse not to get your fruits and veggies anymore because they've done all the work for you. And if you use the code UNSTRESSED, you will receive 15% off your purchase at OrganifiShop.com. This episode is also sponsored by Sunday Scaries. These are the CBD gummies that are amazing for stress, anxiety. If you just want to feel a little more energized or regain your focus without all of that background chatter in your mind that's not serving you, use the code UNSTRESS for 10% off your purchase at 4sundayscaries.com. Lastly, this episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. If this is a company you haven't heard of, believe me, in the next year or two, you will. They are doing amazing things in the world of medicinal mushrooms. Uh, Right now, I'm kind of obsessed with their hot cacao with reishi which is something I'll drink before bed every night and it's just so relaxing so calming and so good for you so it's kind of a no-brainer also if you love coffee but you hate the way it makes you feel like jittery stressed just not well then they have a ton of uh, mushroom blends for coffee Uh, they also have a really good matcha so go to foursigmatic.com and use the code unstressed to save 15% off Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am so excited for my guest today. I'm here with Hillary Hendershot. She is a uh, certified financial planner and also the host of the Profit Boss Radio, which is how I found her. I was running one morning, just going through um, some podcasts that I was going to listen to and hers popped up and I was like, oh, I'll listen to this. And I was hooked. It was amazing. So <laughs> I had to reach out to her and have her on the show to ask her everything financial and women in everything that goes along with that and creating a beautiful life. So welcome to the show, Hillary.
1: Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I am I love that you found me on your jog. That's so cool.
0: That's what I do. I work out and I listen to podcasts and the workouts fly by and I'm learning and you just can't get anything better than that. You know, it's passive multitasking.
1: I know, Exactly. I know the other day I actually listened to music during my workout and I thought, I remember what this feels like. <laughs> it's kind of cool, but that you miss the voices, you miss the podcasters. You do. It's such a great distraction too from the physical pain
0: that you're feeling.
1: <laughs> I know. Just one more rep. One more rep. Right. Um,
0: but I'm always curious. I always kind of start with this question because I'm honestly curious and I feel like it gives the audience a really good context about the guest. Um, but what about what were the events in your life and your past that led you to where you are today, helping women you know getting them empowered uh, with their finances and their futures
1: oh wow, wow, that's a great question. Uh, I will make it short and then we could do, we could sort of um, embellish on anything that's interesting to you. I got my start in the financial services industry, and as you may know, financial services is an industry that's still very male dominated There are a few other industries that are that way, but financial services is definitely one of those. Um, and I felt insecure I felt um, insufficient. I felt no one was ever going to hire me because I didn't look like my competitors or my colleagues. And um, I said su- I had an aha moment that you know I'm someone. For example, I always want to go to a female doctor. So I'm on the line with the the person making the appointment. I was with Kaiser, so you have to you know get you don't always get the same doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said no no no. I need a female doctor. I need a female doctor. And all of a sudden I realized there are people out there looking for females. I may not be, I may not target the mass affluent. I may not be the right person for everybody, but for somebody she's looking for me. Right. And I thought, Oh my gosh, I could find a home here. Like this could be the thing. And my business, I mean, it was like, it was some kind of energetic breakthrough because I, my business doubled and tripled like within the next four to six weeks. And I'm saying I was starting small. So, but but it was like I had had this breakthrough insight and the world was telling me, yeah, that's the thing. (laughs) And, you know, I also had joined, I had hired a business coach and joined a mastermind. And for the first time in my life, had the experience of being a woman supporting and being supported by other women. And I thought, this is my home. This is Mm -hmm. where I belong. I didn't know this was possible. I didn't know this was happening and I love it. I feel so nurtured here and so uh, inspired and so connected that I want more of this. So I wanted my business to look like that. And, and, um, and so, uh, so I decided to go out on my own and create a brand and a platform that, that uh, is all about that.
0: I love that. And I think it's working. I mean, obviously your message is resonating with so many people. Like it resonated with me. I mean, to the point where I was like, I want to talk to her, you know, and pick yeah. her brain. So it's definitely, definitely working. Um, but I was curious, what are some of your core strategies for becoming financially abundant? So the woman that you work with, what's something that you always go back to, like, this is what you need to do, you know? And I know everyone's situation is different and things like that, but what
1: are the core tenets that you hold dear? Yeah. So, folks who come to work with me as a fin- as a comprehensive financial advisor, I don't get people in the door who struggle with wealth building because it takes a half million dollars or a million dollars to even become a client, right? On the high net worth side, we do have a program for investors in their saving and investing years. So, folks who are just starting out for uh, account sizes starting at twenty five thousand dollars called Ignite Investing. Um, Uh, So I'm saying I get to see people who are all over the map in terms of where they are with their, you say, core tenants. Um, I think ultimately we all know that wealth building comes down to spending less than you make. And there's no way around that. And, um, you know, I had a conversation last night with a woman who has chosen her job and her career based on what motivates her. She wants to take care of uh, mentally handicapped adults. And she does that. And she lives here in the San Francisco Bay Area, and she makes in the $40,000 range. And that's not sufficient income to live, to save, to spend, To it's just not. And (laughs) so sometimes with women, it comes down to, look, you inherited a particular life, career, financial trajectory, and you as a as a powerful human being can actually say, does this work for me? Does this work for my partnership, for my marriage? Does this work for my goals? Does it work for my kids? You know, making $40,000 a year, is that going to get me where I want to go? It might be the job that I think I want to do all day because I want to make a difference and contribute to people, but am I going to be able to do the things that I want to do? And ultimately, you know, there's no point in resisting it. It's money is a part of our life, right? You have to have money in this life that we're living to live a great life and you don't have to be rich, but we're going to live a long time. Right. And I've never seen someone older than early seventies actually working. People say to me all the time, Oh, I'm going to, I'm just going to keep working forever. Wow. it it doesn't go that way. Right. Um, So we need to have a lot of money in the bank and, and you, you know, there's more and more conversation now about self-care and vacations and we're consuming experiences and we want money to, to buy things. Right. So you can say, you can put a stake in the ground and say, I'm actually not going to work for that much money. I'm interested in having financial abundance. And, and for some people, putting that stake in the ground, making that decision, it's a transformational moment. It's a moment that their their life path alters. But ultimately, if you take that on. If you're committed to, you know, this woman I was speaking with last night, she created the goal to get to a six figure income, hundred thousand dollars by December 1st. So that's a time bound goal. And I think that's inspiring to me. And if you stay on that path and share that goal with people, you know, ultimately you're going to build that skill set. You're going to find those opportunities. You're going to, you're going to get there. I don't know if she'll get there by December 1st, but I know if she doesn't quit that she'll get there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you asked about core tenants. I'm all about, you can have a life that you design, you know, and then, and then the thing that, the, so that's saving, saving money is the same as spending less than you earn. But then uh, what, one of the things I talk with women about a lot is, is investing that money. So we talk with women, where's your money? It's in a savings account. Mm-hmm. CDs. Oh, I bought bonds. I bought bonds. Right. And that money is doing nothing for you. And if it's doing nothing for you, ultimately it's losing value over time. And I think that you, you know, that's sort of a familiar conversation. It's like things cost more and more over time. So you need more and more money over time to buy the same things. Well, in, a, a good investment portfolio can provide for you exponential returns. Your money can double and quadruple and then 8X. I don't know the octuple. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks for laughing. Um, right. And, but but I don't think Wall Street has really served us. So it's okay if you're intimidated. It's okay if you don't understand who to trust. Start with a fiduciary financial advisor, someone who promises to put your interest before their own. We've created ways for people to get fiduciary advice using Ignite Investing. Because uh, mostly what you find when you go look for someone who's trustworthy is that they, it costs more to hire them than you can afford. So I wanted to solve that problem for women and we've done that with Ignite I hope that helps. So I think, really, the, to to sum it up, spend less than you make, so save some money, and then invest it. That's it. Simple. It sounds so simple, right? So, what, what do you think holds people back, especially women?
0: from, I guess, putting their money in a so-called risk environment rather than, you know, a savings account or something like that. Because I feel like I had a, another conversation with Manisha Takur and she's, you know, big in the financial world. And she said that, you know, women are scared to invest, but then once they do, they're much better than men because they're more stable. You know, they're not going to be pulling out their money. But what do you think that initial fear is with women? Why do they hold back from getting into investing?
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's one of two primary things. First... So They or someone they know has been burned in the market. So you hear people say things like, I lost it all in the downturn. By the way, no one ever has to lose it all. Um, my client accounts who went through the financial crisis, they did dip, but they're all back way above where they were before the financial crisis started. So what, what that means when someone says, I lost it all, is that they had a bad portfolio. They didn't have enough diversification and their their investments got too close to or arrived at zero and that should never happen. Okay. So there's, there's fear or, and in the same pool as as fear, there's also lack of understanding, lack of knowledge. Investing is a very technical subject. You do what you do for a living. And if you're going to DIY investing, you have to be an expert in two things, right? So there's a norm, there's like a, a hurdle to climb in terms of education. And I think the other thing is more, more intangible. It's harder to put your finger on, but I, I think women are, I think that women associate wealth with power, that it's masculine for mm-hmm. us, that we're afraid of power. It's hard enough to find and keep a man, let alone, you know, dealing with, do I have more money than him? Am I emasculating him? Is he going to want to be with me? Or is it going to be, you know, is he subconsciously prefer someone who makes less, has less, right? Um, and so I think that we eschew power. And I think that building wealth in our own name, like with your name on the bank account, on the investment account, I think that that's, um, that's independence. That's, that's the opposite of the, the damsel in distress, Right. Absolutely. (laughs) I totally did not expect
0: you to say that answer, but the second that you did, I was like, yeah, she's absolutely right. You know, like how many stories have we heard where, you know, women dim their light and dim their strength because they think, oh, well, you know, if I'm, I'm too out there, you know, he's not going to want me anymore. He's going to be threatened by my, by my new status. I mean, all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not just financial. It could be like, if you start losing a lot of weight or you start, you know, taking better care of yourself, like, it's, it, it's all, it's that same thought I feel like, but, Oh, I love that you said that. Cause hopefully, you know, to the women listening who might be in that situation, it's an aha moment for them. Like, Oh, I didn't even realize I was doing that, you know, but that's probably why.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then there's other more complicated things, you know, from childhood thoughts about worth and worthiness, being able or willing to take care of yourself. I mean, money can be very, metaphorical in our lives, same as food, right? Mm-hmm. Food, money, self-care, things like this. Um, so if you um, felt, you know, unloved or, la- you know, let's just say your parental relationships lacked affection, you might be trying to fix that problem by, by, by doing retail therapy for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes when we're spending money, we don't really know why, sort of know I shouldn't be spending this money, but I am. And, um, it can be very deep seated. So that that's deep.
0: Yeah. Well, that brings me to my next question is what is the more common issue that you see? Now, obviously your, your clients are, you know, very wealthy, but you know, it might be the same as someone who isn't very wealthy. Like what's a, what's a common block or a common issue that you see again and again and again
1: with people and their money? I think this idea of worth or worthiness, The word "deserve." I deserve that. I don't deserve that. I'm worth that. I'm going to charge what I'm worth. And the funny thing about those those even though it's sort of this Joan of Arc triumphant thing that women say to each other is like "charge what you're worth," right? But um, unfortunately, well, whatever. The fact of the matter is, it is what it is. You don't have a worth. You're not selling yourself. You're not selling your body or your brain. You're not selling something that's unrecoverable. And Ultimately, you have a skill set, you have a skill set, or if you're a business owner, you've produced a product or a service that provides a particular amount of value and you charge for that value, right? It's very secular. And I think women get caught up in this, my money is somehow intrinsically intertwined in my self-worth. And I just really invite people to disentangle those conversations. Mm -hmm. Money is just money money has nothing to do with how much how good of a person you are or you know uh, how how good how great how virtuous you feel when you get out of bed in the morning or your bachelor's degree or it has nothing to do with any of that right. <laughs> it's, it's a tool um, it's a tool and it's something that you've negotiated if you have a job you negotiated your salary i'm a business owner so i negotiate my compensation every time i have a prospective client in my office i tell them the price and then they say yes or no and so we've negotiated that they're going to pay that much and that that's it that's all money is if you want more money in your life go 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 negotiate for more <laughs> go put other agreements in place that pay you more money it's that simple and i'm not trying to minimize i'm not trying to minimize it cuz i know it takes a lot of time takes a lot of resources it's complex um And, you know, I, we haven't talked about this really in this conversation, but I had a, I had a financial turnaround. So I got myself into a bunch of debt. I got myself to where I couldn't pay for things. And I just decided this isn't how my life is going to go. I can see the actions that I've been taking that are having it go this way. I'm now unattached to any of those actions because uh, this isn't the quality of life I'm interested in. I don't want to have financial emergencies anymore. So I did turn things around, but it took time. For me, and I probably other people could have done it faster, and some would have done it slower, but it took it took time, it took years, really. So I, I honor that, and again, I'm not trying to minimize it, but 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 I hope my how that I speak about money like it's simple because it is simple, and I hope that that my intention is to empower you.
0: Absolutely. And I think you're doing that. And I think the fact that, you know, you can actually speak about turning your money story around and having a different strategy that, you know, is more in line with how you want your life to be. I think you can actually speak to that because you live that, you know, you can, you actually have the qualifications to talk about it. And I'm not talking about all of your degrees and things like that. I'm talking about your life experience, you know, and hearing someone like you say that it's like, okay, well, she, yeah, I get it. And she gets it. Yeah. So, so what's your strategy for someone who's you know, coming to you in their 20s or 30s versus an older client? It, it, do you do things differently with, for them or is it pretty much the same?
1: So it doesn't have to do with your chronological age. Uh, it has to do with where you are in life. And so people say, do you have a recommended savings rate or no, I'm a, no, I, everything has to be customized. It's like a, a medical, a healthcare practitioner wouldn't make blanket statements about what you should like, what, what herbs or drugs you should consume. Right. I, I have to look at someone's life to know, um, what I'm going to recommend. But, you know, so in, in, in our twenties, we tend to be focused on having kids, making babies. Uh, paying for the wedding, buying a house. So there's the down payment, right? And how much you choose to, how big your house is, how much you choose to spend on your living situation is a big deal. It's impacts your life far more than Mm -hmm. shopping on sale, shopping for clothes on sales, getting a good deal on that pair of shoes. Like there's not there's the, the two largest expenses in your life are where you live and what you drive right? So those choices tend to be a big deal. I I think that probably everybody starts out life with a car loan. Maybe some people listening in New York City don't have a car, so you can't (laughs) relate to this conversation. But um, everyone starts out life with a car loan. But I think as soon as you can, you should get to a place where you pay cash for cars. Why Mm -hmm. would you borrow money to pay for an asset that declines in value the minute you buy it? Right? So now you've got this indebtedness that goes up over time and an asset that goes down sharply. Cars lose value quickly, right? So I think you should pay cash for a car. So that's, I talk to people in their 20s about that. Then in the 30s, we're talking about saving for college. How much of college do you want to pay for? Are you going to require that your son, daughter, children go to an in state school? How do you feel about that as a parent? Do you want them to work? Can you afford? for them not to work, you know, so we're looking at, you, you, you do need to make some tough decisions about, about that kind of thing. If you have kids, um, and then getting on a savings plan, that's going to fund those dreams. And all the while you've got this machine churning in the background called your retirement savings Mm -hmm. or nobody likes the word retirement anymore. So we say financial freedom.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I do like that. I do. I'm, I'm a little bit obsessed with the uh, whole fire community. Are
1: you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and I've just made a different choice. I didn't want to, I've lived like a pauper in the past and I didn't want to, I wanted my income to be high so I could spend more freely. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but I've seen those people speak at like FinCon and they're, they're very interesting. They're very passionate. Um, And so women in your 40s, you know, probably at this point, maybe half of us have been divorced. So you've got that complication. Maybe there's child support. Now you have to negotiate how to pay for college with the ex Mm. and deal with the complexity of maybe you're now with someone new. There's maybe buying a bigger house. There's getting a pay raise, right? Managing your skill set so that you can continue to earn more money over time. And then in our 50s, we start to think about stopping. Most women in their 50s are talking about, I'd like to slow down soon, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then depending on when you're able to stop working, you know, then it's like, it's like well, what, what do I do with the rest of my life? What do I do? How do I stay healthy? How do I have fun? How do I maintain friendships? Like that.
0: And that's huge, I think, because, you know, I just was talking to another woman, Kathy Heller, on my podcast. And she said, like, there's this correlation between retirement and health issues that arise. Because if your identity is so wrapped up in your job, you know, once that's done, it's like, well, well, I have no purpose anymore. I have, you know, I have, who am I at this point, you know? And it's not just women, it's men too, obviously. Um, I
1: sometimes have people in my office and I feel sad. I ask them, what are you going to do with your retirement? And recently someone said, well, my wife just wants me to make sure I stay out of the house. And I thought, oh, okay, that's, that's the culmination of your life. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So yeah, I think, but, but also maybe the going to work every day and the busyness of life, it can be a distraction from, you know, a, uh, a life that you maybe haven't built in the way that best aligns with your own values and principles. And now we're maybe getting off the topic of money, but. No, but I like it though. It's true. It's, it's, it's all intertwined.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I was going to ask next is what is money's role in happiness? Like, is it, does money make you happy? Or is it, you know, the internal work that we all need to do, you know, from adverse childhood experiences or trauma in our childhoods, which everybody has, you know, if you go through life, you're going to get dinged. Um. So how does money play into that, you know? Because you see, you're very wealthy people who are miserable.
1: I do. And that was an aha moment for me early on in my career when I realized that I had clients, you know, I'm in my 20s and I have clients in in their 70s. They weren't my clients. They were my father's clients. He's the one who trained me in the business. But that they were sometimes doing really kooky things with their money, that there was drama in their family, that they didn't have integrity in their lives. And I thought, this is crazy. I thought rich people were, I thought that was the pinnacle of life, right? Mm -hmm. I thought you'd have white light coming out of your eyeballs, but no, (laughs) they didn't. So, I mean, it's a sort of choose your own life. Is a choose your own adventure? I don't know that I'm really an expert in happiness versus money. I, I, I'm so focused on the technicals of money, right. That I don't, um, you know, people don't come to my office for psychological reviews either. They want to talk about their investments, their rate of return, and the cost of their next vacation. But, mm-hmm. um, but no, I mean, and I don't even know how to produce happiness on an ongoing basis. I know that fulfillment is possible if you experience yourself as someone who makes a difference with other people. I think that's what people really want, right? Is to know that they made a difference. Absolutely. And, Yeah. And the more you live in alignment with your principles and values, the more you have the possibility of arriving at the finish line of life, sort of all used up. I think that's my goal. That's what I'd like to have on my headstone. She got all used up. There was nothing left. (laughs) Everything she could. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so there's, I'm, I'm sure I'm not saying anything, anyone who's listening hasn't already heard, but there's research that no money doesn't make you happy, but that at at a certain point, I believe it was $70,000 a year in income that, uh, it was sort of like that below that you're going to struggle and suffer a Mm -hmm. lot as it regards money. And that's going to sort of permeate into your life. But when people achieve that $70,000 marker, and I don't know how to translate that to the San Francisco Bay area, which is where I live, it's probably more like 125 or something. Right. It has to be. It's like $7,000 to live in a three-bedroom house every month. Um, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but not that much. Right. Um, so, um, And then above that, I think the research says, no, money doesn't really impact happiness. It just sort of impacts what you do with your time. Um, and and, and I, I would say the, the folks who work with me tend to be pretty happy, although sometimes I see people give up you know, I've got a client and I said, basically, look, you were, you were living high on the hog for many years and your income declined. And right now we're not on a path to get to your goals. Mm. And that person's response was, I'm not going to do anything different. Nothing's going to change. And that weighs on my heart Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not his counselor or, um, you know, he didn't I'm not his life coach. I I did my job. So I guess we'll see what happens. But um, those kinds of things make me sad. And and I think that's a function of resignation and cynicism. Resignation and cynicism have to be the enemy, right? Right.
0: (laughs) Right. And especially when you you see the trajectory of that person's life, you know, unless they start suddenly bringing in more income, where that's going to go. And, you know, you want the best for your clients. I mean, I can tell. So it's like, yeah, that's got to just go, oh, man.
1: Come on, it It weighs on me. Yeah, it weighs Mm on me. Um, I hope that answers your question about money and happiness.
0: No, absolutely. And I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier is that at the end of the day, it's a tool, you know, as long as you're above that poverty line where you're not stressed out 24 seven about paying the rent and paying your electricity bill, like it's a tool. And so yeah, it really is up to us to do the work and to find our sense of purpose and fulfillment and serve others. And then, you know, if you do happen to have more money through hard work and investments, you're able to help even more people, you know? I mean, I think anyone can, can get on board with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, life has categories and you need to be successful in a number of categories. If you want to have a great life, you have to be successful in health and fitness. You have to be successful in love and relationships you have to be successful in money. You sort of have to, it's like a lot we have to deal with as human beings. Yeah, absolutely. And happiness is one of those areas. What's going to make you happy? I know that, you know, in my early 20s, I was on a career trajectory that I thought was going to make people like me, mm. like be impressed by me. And um, I was really unhappy, really unhappy. And um, now I do something that I think. Honestly, I think if I walk into a cocktail party saying I'm a financial advisor, it's not, I don't think it's very impressive. I think people relate to financial advisors like they're salespeople, the most common thing. So a lot of people, they go, oh, and they just walk away. Or two- You're going to try to sell me something. <laughs> that's exactly it. That's exactly it. They think I'm going to try to sell them something or they ask me for a stock tip. So I don't mm-hmm. even say that anymore. I just say I work in financial services or- um, or or I say I, I run a financial services company. But my point being, so I'm now not in a role that I think is impressive per se, but I am totally enlivened by what I do. I love getting out of bed. I love my team. I love my clients. So it's just interesting, the choices that you make in life and then what you get to enjoy as a result.
0: Did you find that when you were kind of getting onto your path of where you are now and being fulfilled and what you're doing now, like, were there any kind of like little signs along the way or like, how did you get to that point and listen to yourself?
1: Wow. Uh, good question. So I've done, I've done a lot of personal growth work and I think that helps it's sort of like unpeeling the onion. I don't know what your experience is with that, okay. um, yeah. but it's, it makes it easier. You know, vulnerability is important. Uh, being able and willing to admit that what fulfills me is making a difference with other people. Um, and i that wasn't something... There was a time I couldn't say that. There was a time I was very focused on making sure I had the right life, that I was successful, that I got the corner office, that I had the right size bank account. And that was obviously as a result of things that happened in the past. But over time, if you get the ability to put the past back in the past where it belongs, you can actually create a life. Um, So to literally answer your question, uh, there was a time working for my father that I realized... Uh, that I really realized that the work that we do is about the lives of our clients that they sh- people share with us openly and vulnerably, and that it 's our job to contribute to their success and happiness and once you 've mastered the technical aspects of what I do it 's not work it 's you just mm-hmm. know it right uh, unconsciously expert or something like that um, but so I get to bring my skill set to bear and make a very personal contribution to people's lives. And it was when I realized that, that I, that I started getting very excited about this career because there was a time I thought it was pretty boring. Um, So I would say I just really held on to that (laughs) and I just keep doing that, which fulfills me. You know, I'll give you an example. There's a lot of people, let's say you, you are someone who has $3 million. There's a lot of people out there who think that their best bet is to hire three financial advisors. So let's mm-hmm. give a million dollars to each financial advisor. That way we don't have all our eggs in one basket. Um, unfortunately, you know what I know is that you haven't actually delegated anything because it still leaves you in a position where you have to make all the decisions. But, but a lot of financial advisors would look at that and go, well, that's a million dollars. I'd like that client. I'd still take that. But I'm at a point in my career now where I say to those people, look, I can understand. I have a lot of empathy for that, that thought that you'll put three horses in the race. I don't think it's good for you. And here's why, right? You, as a, if you were flying a plane, you wouldn't file three flight plans with the flight tower. Um, but also, I'm actually not interested in doing that because it's not fulfilling for me. Mm-hmm. I don't get to know your life. You're not committed to me, right? Right we don't have a depth in the relationship and a closeness. There isn't that you're not all in with me. Mm-hmm. So if there's anything I can do to earn your all in, let me, let me know. Cause I want, I want to raise my hand and audition for that role. Um, but ultimately if you're not willing to trust and go all in, I, it's just not work that I want. And the, I'm just in a place now where I know I've done I've, cause I've done that gig a few times in the past. And it's so unfulfilling compared to the other work that I do that I just know that at this point I'm willing to say no. So does that help? Does that answer your question?
0: Yeah. And it was just such a great answer. Like it it just, I mean, it really, I think it comes back to knowing your worth, not selling yourself like we were talking about, but knowing your worth and what you really bring to the table and, and really meaning it, like having the intention of, I really want to help you. You know, whether it's in financial services, whether it's on a podcast, you know, you, you're you yeah. coming from this place of I've been through this, I've done the work that it takes, and I actually want to bring value. And if you're not reciprocating that, then we're not in alignment. You know, we're not on the same vibration and that's okay. There's no yeah. judgment towards that. It's just, it's not going to work out.
1: So, yeah. It took having a child for me to start to value my time the way that I do. You um, have to. You have to. Yeah. I am now almost spiritual about how I spend my time. Like, <laughs> nope, not doing that. Nope, not doing that. Nope, not doing that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't, I don't think I have not handled perfectly, but, um, but I'm very conscientious of um, every, time, every minute I spend with a, an unfulfilling client is a minute I don't get to spend with my daughter who will never be the same as she is today right? Mm -hmm. She changes every day. And so that's, that's my litmus test for everything. It's like, um, I'm going to spend time with my clients, but it had better be rewarding because I could just go spend some time with my daughter. And I know that that's rewarding.
0: (laughs) And how old is she now? She just turned two. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have a two, I have a three-year-old boy and a six-year-old boy. So I completely understand. Two boys. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, Yeah. she just started having uh, sort of interactive conversations with me. And Mm -hmm. it it blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. I'm like, you are a human being. You came out of me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's weird. It's like these computer upgrades that they get. Like
0: all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you understand. Oh, okay. I'm dealing with a new upgrade. Like it's just,
1: yeah, it's so trippy. It's so. I know. She looked at me at dinner last night and she said, Mama, the dinosaur was coming coming to eat me, and I thought, "What? Where, <laughs> we now have an imagination." I mm-hmm. I didn't know how did that happen. So anyway, it's precious.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I think it's so like obviously I have a lot of moms listening, and it's like, man, if you don't prioritize your time in every facet of life and really go in all in on what's important to you, like kids like preserving, you know, your finances and making sure that you are able to take care of yourself and your children. Like you're not, you're not paying attention, you know? So that's, yeah. I'm so glad that we talked about that. Wow. So <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, I could talk about that for an entire show, honestly. I bet.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it took me years to figure it out. So mm-hmm. I know it could be a series. It could be a whole podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and honestly, yeah, I mean, it's, it takes making a lot of mistakes. I feel like, I mean, I can just speak to that from my own experience, making a lot of mistakes, putting too much time in one area of my life that I wish I didn't do that. You know, it's like, man, I, I, I'll never get those years back again, you know, but, you know, we do the best that we can with what we have. <laughs>
1: I know exactly what you're talking about. I suffered for so many years trying to manage my calendar and, um, I've, I've just finally had to develop the no muscle. hmm you know, ultimately I now have time blocks and things fit in time blocks, but you know, I've had to just finally time block. And, um, you know, my team supports me to work out in the mornings and I got Monday nights or mama baby night and I'm just like super predictable. My calendar owns me, but but it's a great looking calendar. (laughs) i
0: love it well i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap up this conversation i had other questions but i feel like we are this conversation turned into something much more valuable which is not just about money but it's about life and prioritizing and doing what you need to do to create a truly beautiful life for yourself in yeah. all aspects so this yeah. totally turned into something i was not expecting so thank you yeah you're welcome but this is the question i ask all of my guests um And what's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on?
1: Well, let's just stay on the same topic and I'll sort of embellish what we've already been talking about. Um, I, I came, when I started in business, It's tricky because when you start in business, you have nothing, right? So you give your time and you're sort of desperate for clients, right? That's how everyone starts in business. Um, And it very much dovetailed with a mindset I had about myself, a a lack of self-worth or an inability to say, I need to have a great life too. And I spent many years just desperately trying to get things done, double booking myself, um, Sacrificing my peace of mind, my health, my dental cleanings, my time with my husband, um, my happiness really to to the business. The business is a my my business is a a a separate entity, a hungry, evil, conniving separate entity Mm -hmm. from you. And you have to set up you have to set up boundaries. And so when I finally had someone look at my calendar and say, you have to stop. Moving things around, you have to stop double booking. you have to put free time in your calendar. you have to put your workouts in your calendar. I have lunch in my calendar Wow it would me years to do that and, and I would be in client meetings and i 'm like i 'm dying, I have no blood sugar i 'm dying i can 't be at my best i 'm physically miserable um, so so what i 've learned is that honoring being restrictive about how I spend my time is honoring the people who are in my life, the people who need to be in the calendar. And, um, I, I still feel guilty sometimes when I'm not working. I do. When I'm with my daughter, I have to hide my own phone or take the email app off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I'm so I'm that rat with the cocaine water. Yes,
0: same. <laughs>
1: <Absolutely>. <laughs> um, so I'm a work in progress, but man, I'm, I'm a hundred million times better than before when I was desperate, trying to force everything to happen today. Mm -hmm. Um, And coming from a mindset of I'm enough, I have enough, I've produced enough. It's okay if my team takes this. And actually it is important for me to spend time with my friends, my family, my husband, my baby right now. It's just altered my life. I hope that helps.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, so what's the best way for people to connect with you? Obviously you have the Profit Boss Radio, which I'm obsessed with, but how else can people find you?
1: Uh, yeah. So if you have room in your podcast lineup, I'd love to have you check out Profit Boss Radio. I'm on a summer siesta right now, but there's a hundred and more episodes for you to check out. If you have a time for the backlog, uh, you can find me online at hillaryhendershot.com, and Hillary has one L and Hendershot has two T's. So HillaryHendershot.com, and then if you're interested in Ignite Investing, that's just IgniteInvesting.com, and that's for for women who want fiduciary financial advice and a custom built a, a, a custom built investment portfolio.
0: That's awesome. I'm going to check that out, actually. <laughs> and all that, of course, will be in the show notes for everybody. Hillary, thank you so much for taking the time. I especially want to say thank you after hearing, you know how how time blocking is, you know, running your life. So I'm very honored that you took the time to be on the show.
1: Thanks. Thank you very much.
0: Hey guys, thank you so much for stopping by. Your support means the world to me. I truly mean that. And it's my purpose and passion, as I've discovered, to help others. So I feel like through these episodes, that's what I'm doing. Um, But I really rely on your feedback. So, you know, please leave me a five-star review um, or please share it with a friend and and tag me at Motherhood Unstressed on Instagram um, when you share it so that I know what spoke to you and what really resonated so I can create more content around that and produce even more value to more people um, because that's what this is all about, you know, that's why I'm doing this, why I'm spending the time to do it because it matters and it's helping and healing. Lastly, this episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. If this is a company you haven't heard of, believe me, in the next year or two, you will. They are doing amazing things in the world of medicinal mushrooms. Uh, Right now, I'm kind of obsessed with their hot cacao with reishi, which is something I'll drink before bed every night, and it's just so relaxing, so calming, and so good for you, so it's kind of a no-brainer. Also, if you love coffee, but you hate the way it makes you feel, like jittery, stressed, just not well... Then they have a ton of uh, mushroom blends for coffee. Uh, They also have a really good matcha. So go to foursigmatic.com and use the code unstressed to save 15%
1: off.